Welcome everyone to Red Zone Radio. This is a uh, special edition podcast. Um, I will be your host for tonight, Tory Bowling. I'm alongside uh, our my typical yes, co-host, yes, Matthew Hargrove. Um, it's are, like, we, first of all, we are the only two guys who mostly really care about baseball. Yeah, I mean like... Out of all the Red Zone guys. Ryan does a little bit, barely. Like, I think he likes the Cubs. He likes the Cubs, but I'm going to be honest, and I feel bad saying this because he's not here. Yeah. He doesn't watch any, <laughs> any regular season games. Yeah. None. Which, in a typical 162-game game, uh, 162 game season, I can kind of understand that, but in this 60-game season, I don't know how. What are you how, doing? Yeah, what are you doing? You're Every game matters. Out of the 12 months... You're only getting baseball for two of them. Yeah, this would you would think this would be the regular season that he's going to sit down on the couch and watch some baseball. Yeah, and let's like let's like jump right into this. Um, so the MLB had a 60 game season and a 16 team playoff. How like do you view this season as a farce? Do you see it as like you know this just isn't really fair? Like how do you see it? No, it's fair, and the reason why I say this is because. I know there I know that the stats, the regular season stats when you're talking about average and home runs, those don't really matter. But if everybody is want, wanting baseball back, you're talking about the fans, you're talking about the players, you're talking about everybody involved with baseball. By having a season, everyone is agreeing that this matters because you're playing for something. If the Boston Red Sox, if, if you listen to Red Zone regularly, you would know that I'm a huge Boston Red yeah. Sox fan. You would know that Tory is a huge Cincinnati Reds fan. If the Boston Red Sox were to win the World Series this year, yes, I would consider that serious. And for the guys, for the people that would say, oh, no, it, it doesn't matter, the, the Red Sox, the, the, this was a 60-game season. Well, think about it if your team won. You would want this. And... Everybody is playing the same amount of games. They're going through the same thing. So it absolutely should count because of that reason. Yeah, and call me crazy, but like I, I think it's real because I think it magnifies who the best teams are and who's not. Um, some people say that, like, you know, the three-game series, you know, that's stupid. And, like, to a certain extent, I agree with that. But at the end of the day, when it comes down to playing the games, who's the better team? Like everyone's playing on the same circumstances, who's going to be the better team? I don't. I don't think so because in basketball, most of the time the better team's going to win the NBA yeah. Finals. In baseball, anything can yeah. happen. Like I'm just. Last I'm year. just saying that, like you know, everyone's under the same circumstances. It's time to man up. If you're the best team, show it. Like play like. Preach, it. preach, my guy. And so, another question I want to ask before we kind of get into it: What's some things from this season? Yeah, because you you mentioned it before the show. What are some things that you want to take away from this shortened MLB season? Me personally, I kind of like the shortened schedule. Now, I don't like 60 games because that's just too that's just too little. You can't have a baseball season 60 games. I don't think I wouldn't mind like 120 games, maybe even the lowest I could go is 100. You have to play 100 games, but I could go 120, 130 games just because like I love how important each game is in a 162 game season each game is important I get that but like the games in April they just don't feel the same as the games in September when you're in a pennant race but these from moment one if you blew a game and trust me I watched the Reds blow a lot of games in ninth inning it felt so big I'm like man that like that's so big because each game was like a third of what the regular season was and so I, I like the magnified intensity of the regular season. I'm not going to lie. I, I loved it just for that reason. Yeah. The Reds, every game, even, you know, the 10th game, 11th game of the season. If you started 4-10 and 10 to begin the year, you're in trouble. You're yeah. instantly in trouble. You start the season in a regular 162-game season, 4-10, and 10, you're fine. Yeah. You got a ton more games left. I'm in favor of keeping keeping the 162-game season. And people that want the shorter season, their argument is, well, like you just said, we don't need 162 games. We don't need that many games to really tell who is the better team. And I disagree because there have been tons of moments where we get down to September and there's four teams that are less than four games back of each yeah. other battling for that wild card yeah. spot. And I, and I 
love it even more because we get more games. And and maybe just because I'm a huge baseball fan, but I still think that those last 30 games in September, yes, a, a random game in August doesn't feel the same in a 60-game season, and it shouldn't be. But the competitiveness is still there the last 30 games. Yeah, and I and a part of the beauty of baseball is it's a grind. It is a one dog days. It's a it's dog like days a, of August. 162 games in like 180 days. That's a grind. But I still feel like if you had 120 games, you could get that sense of a grind still. It would just cut down on around a month where I feel like I don't need to watch the and I guess this is with any sport, but I don't need to watch the Baltimore Orioles. No, and, I definitely and, agree. And, and the I don't know the Detroit Tigers absolutely. Slug, you know, slug out meaningless games. And I, and I got a sense of that extenuous season a little bit doing my internship this summer because the team that I did play-by-play for, they played, I want to say, 57 games in like 65 days. And every day I was announcing, every day I was getting ready for the game. And during the season, I would think, man, the majors, the the major league announcers, they're doing this. Twice as much I mean, as not, I am. Not to sound like a washed-up athlete, but me and you, we both played high school baseball, and usually it's a um, it's about a five day a week thing. You got games on every day except Wednesday and Sunday. You know, of course, rainouts and happen, we, and we would even and it, get, it felt like it felt like an yes. everyday thing because you know all of a sudden you know you're throwing guys at the end of the week that you know like man like we're at the bottom of the barrel here, and so I think you can cut down on some of that and still get that grind of a feel. But let's move on to the 16-game playoff. And real quick, I think the players would agree with you wanting a shorter season. Um, Joey Votto actually said he was joking last year. He said he wanted more games. He wanted more than 162 games. He said, I want more baseball. Just want 200 games? Let's play March in in, in, in October then through November. February through November. Yeah, more games. Have a happy Christmas, and then you're right back at it. Yeah, more games equals more money. But um, (laughs) – so the 16-team playoff, um, it starts with a three-game series at the beginning, 5-7-7. Seven, seven. Um, do you feel like it is a farce? Do you feel like, you know, I'll be, like people are making a big deal about the Astros and the Brewers making the playoffs with under 500 records. It's not the first time this has happened before, but it still feels a little like, okay, like why are these guys here? Maybe, but I'm going to go back to what I just told you about not always in baseball are you going to get the best teams. It's what team is going to grind during the season, put in the work, and find a way to win. And that's why I say teams like the Marlins that are finding themselves into the playoffs this year, all credit to you. You did your job. You saw what the MLB gave you with the shortened season and had a team meeting to begin the year and said, hey, guys, 162-game season, we probably don't make the playoffs, but it's 60 games. Let's just get hot for two months and anything can happen. Well, in the I mean, postseason. you take the Washington Nationals last year through 60 games. They weren't going to be in the playoffs, and then they go on and win the World Series. That's the argument for the longer season just because it gives you more of a shot. Now, I also kind of agree. I do kind of like the expanded playoffs because I'm a Reds fan, and so I'm very happy the Reds are in the playoffs, but at the same time as just a pure baseball fan, like, who doesn't want to see Trevor Bauer, Luis Castillo, and Sonny Gray, especially Trevor Bauer, pitch in a playoff game? I mean, that's electric. That's what you want. I mean, imagine the Chicago White Sox not being in the playoffs right now. That would be just an absolute travesty. And so, Especially after seeing Jose Abreu t- yeah. take one about 500 feet to left center field in the Coliseum yeah. this afternoon. And so, like, if the NBA can have 16 playoff teams, why can't the MLB? What's this rule to where you can only have four teams out of a – like, why play 162 games if you're just going to cut down you know, so many? You know, Tori, it has something to do about the traditionalist side of baseball. And as you make a frowny face at me, <laughs> this is why just you and me are yeah. wanting to do a baseball podcast. Yeah. And, and, and it's also why in America there's football, there's basketball, and then you go a long way down the and list to baseball. get to baseball. Yeah. And it's not like hockey or any other sport is being baseball. It's just that nobody is care. Each and every year, I feel like more people care less and less and less about the sport of baseball. And it, it, and it has to do about that traditionalist side of the game. Yeah. And you see 
Reds pitcher Trevor Bauer. He's trying to get away with that. I, I saw him tweet out something about wanting to have a meeting with Rob Manfred yeah. after he was making fun of him for the entire offseason about baseball coming back, about branding the game more. Yeah, and I don't know if you've watched any of Trevor Bauer's um, YouTube page. It's called Watch, it's called Watch Momentum. You I've need, seen clips. You need to. It's good. Uh, him and King Griffey Jr. actually co-created it, I'm, I believe. And it's really good. And if he got Rob Manfred on there, it would be some electric stuff. But I just think that with the problems baseball has, and like at at my core, I think I'm probably half and half baseball fundamentalist, halfway, you know, let's move forward because I don't want Barry Bonds in the Hall of Fame. I think he, you know, I, I had this discussion today. I think he cheated the game. You don't deserve to be in the game. So, like, I've, I'm more traditional. Mark McGuire and yeah, Sammy Sosa. Yeah, I'm more traditional in that aspect. But, I mean, like, let's get more teams in. Let's let's give people a chance to, you know, make a run, a really magical run in October. And I have that same argument when you talk about the college football playoff. Yeah. There are so many teams. Why are we just letting four teams have a shot at it? Mm-hmm. I was so frustrated. I, I can't even believe that the playoff was just enacted in 2014. Yeah, that and that, that a com- blows and my that a, mind. a computer was picking the top two teams yes. who got a chance to play. Yes, you could have a team who lost one game in 2012 and be the third best team and not even get a shot at yeah. a national championship. I think they should be. There should be eight teams, and I love what the MLB is doing, especially. Waking up, I mean, you can sleep in, turn on the TV, and you have playoff baseball. I think that's been my favorite part about it. Yeah, and so I think we're both on the page for expanded playoff, but I think I don't know if this exact format is what I would want. Um, I mentioned this earlier. I think that the three-game series at the top, I think it's a bit of a problem because there's just so many wacky things that can happen. Like the Dodgers are very clearly the best team in baseball by far. And all it takes is two games to knock them out. So I think there should be a reward for being like the top two seeds. Maybe maybe a sixteen playoff would be what I would more want because after one hundred and sixty two games, you know, if you're not a part of the top sixteen, like I don't really know what to tell well, you. You know what? The NBA their playoffs it sometimes feels like a regular season because of how long it goes. Yep. First round, best of seven. All those games have to be played. And in baseball, they are always focusing on keeping it in the month of October. Yep. This could help your argument for having a shorter season. Yep. Have a 130-game season, and the second week of September, start the playoffs, yep. the middle of September, and you can still Go end. all the way through October. Yes, absolutely. Yep. And... By the way, I think the first round of the NBA playoffs should be five games. I don't need to. Oh, I don't. Yeah. I don't need to watch Milwaukee. Well, beat you know, Orlando in the Jordan times. doc, I don't even think back then they let yeah. eight teams from each conference in the playoffs. And and I think the it first used to be five. They did yeah. was five games. Yeah, and then they would immediately go to the conference championship. That's when it would start the seven game series. Yeah. And so I like, like I said, I like the expanded playoffs. I might go six games. Um, or six teams, and then maybe go from there. But I think you have to have some incentive to be the best team in the league because if not, you're going to have owners sit back and not spend because what's the incentive in in paying a lot of money when I can have a mediocre baseball team make the playoffs and my fans are somewhat happy? Absolutely. And I'm going to go back. I know this is a baseball podcast. I'm going to go back to basketball. Imagine if for the first round they did best of three. The Denver Nuggets – they're gone. Yeah. Utah got up two games to one on them, and this is a team that made the Western Conference Finals. Yeah. So I agree with you there. The Dodgers, even though they are playing a team who finished under 500, they're playing the best team they can out of all the other playoff teams yeah. in the National League. But still, it goes back to what I was saying. You don't have to be the best team in baseball. Just get hot. The Brewers, the, in their team meeting, they probably were, the manager was probably telling them all, listen, let's just get hot. You saw what the Washington Nationals did last year. All we have to do is win two games against the Dodgers. Yeah. And we're moving on to the next round. And let's go ahead and get into the matchup. So, obviously, the first round um, in the National League is Dodgers versus Brewers. I feel bad for the Dodgers because... Stop it. No, hold on, hold Stop on. Stop Hold on, hold on. They have by far the best, by far, by far the by best far. roster in MLB, and so if they don't win, you know, 
it, it'll just bring up all kinds of demons and nightmares. But I kind of feel bad because it's three games, and so anything can happen in a three-game series. I still expect the Dodgers to win, but with the Brewers specifically, that back end of the bullpen with Josh Hader and Devin Williams, who I don't know if you – if you have not seen Devin Williams pitch, and I hadn't until a week ago because he faced the Reds and absolutely just mowed right through them, th- that's the nastiest changeup I've ever seen. And I say all that to say this, if the Dodgers get down two games and – or if they get down in two of those games and it goes to the eighth inning, all of a sudden you got to face Devin Williams and Josh Hader to keep your postseason dreams alive, that's a problem. Well – that is the story of this series between the Dodgers and the Brewers is the pitching staffs. We can talk about Christian Yelich, Mookie Betts. We can talk about the lineups. It's The postseason's always come down to pitching. Yep. Brewers have one of the best bullpens in the majors. You don't really know anybody from that starting rotation. The Dodgers... Their ace, Corbin Burns, is out for this series. Yeah. They're a little, the Dodgers, they're a little suspect in that bullpen. Yes, they have Blake Trinan and, and McGee, but... You just never know. That's why the the starting rotations for both teams are going to play the biggest part. Clayton Kershaw has to get over the hump. It's the 29 and 31 Brewers. Come on It is 2020. Clayton Kershaw, you are supposed to be better than Sandy Koufax for crying out loud. One of the best pitchers that baseball has ever seen. And do you really want to be remembered as the guy who can't perform in the postseason? And I apologize. You're going to hear it a lot. You've already heard it a lot from me. David Price had all those postseason struggles, was dominant in 2018, That's what everyone focuses on when they think about David Price. Clayton Kershaw has an amazing postseason this year. It's done. Clayton Kershaw, one of the best pitchers ever. But there's always that asterisk next to his name. And him, Walker Bueller, and Dustin May, I'm not sure who they're going to pitch for that game three. Dustin May is deadly. He's disgusting. I mean, I was disappointed because I saw a tweet the night Mookie Betts got traded. And I saw a tweet that said Dustin May was involved in the trade. So I was so yeah. excited. And then <laughs> come to find out, here we go. He's pitching game three. That, that's really disappointing. Oh, absolutely. But I, I, oh, I love him. The hair is absolutely beautiful. Yeah. You know, my dad, obviously, my dad's a huge baseball fan, and he gave him the nickname Shaggy. From, he yeah. looks like Shaggy from Scooby Doo. Yeah. Um, so I think we, all, we both have Dodgers in two, would you yes. say? Yes. Yeah, I, I, it all comes well, that down to lineup, it, it, it comes down to the, the starting pitching, but Clayton Kershaw, because of the lineup, Dave Roberts, he's not asking Kershaw to go out there and even be Cy Young Award Clayton yeah. Kershaw. Give us five innings, give up two runs, and Justin Turner and those boys are probably going to have five runs by I mean, the fifth inning. You got Mookie Betts, who... I'm, I mean, sure, I'm sure you just love watching dominate baseball right now. Um, I, I think I told you about this. I, I'm not sure if I told you on Red Zone or just when we were hanging out sometime, but the worst day this year for me being a Red Sox fan was while I was on internship, I was watching the Red Sox play the Tampa Bay Rays. It was earlier in the season, and the Red Sox, it was the, I mean, they were getting killed. They lost 17-8. to eight. And their record moved to like 3-15 and 15 or yeah. something like that. Later that <laughs> night, Mookie Betts goes on to hit three home runs in a singular game, my guy Tory Bowling. Yeah. That was the, the worst night to be a Red Sox fan of the 2020 Because he had more home runs than the Red Sox had wins. He probably had more home runs that night than the Red Sox had the entire season. Uh, for speaking crying of, out loud. Speaking of the Red Sox, do they bring back Alex Cora? Absolutely. I think they do, He's too. the man. He I didn't th- do nothing wrong in Boston. Yeah. Just forget about what <laughs> I, he did in Houston. I, I know that do. sounds bad, but he connects really well with the players. I think they do, too. All right, moving on in the National League. This is my – and, like, okay, I like for the preface, um, if you listen to Red Zone, obviously I'm a Reds fan, but I'm going to try and be as, you know, like non-Reds fan as possible and just baseball fan. Even if I wasn't a Reds fan, this might be one of my most intriguing series behind maybe the Yankees and, and Indians. But the Reds-Braves. Um, the Braves have the second-best offense in the National League, only like one run behind the Dodgers. 
and you have three guys at the top of that lineup that absolutely mash. And on the other side, you have a Reds pitching staff who had the third best ERA in the National League. But, you know, as a two seed in the National League, it's just kind of unfair. You have to face Trevor Bauer, Luis Castillo, Sonny Gray. So it's going to be strength for strength, weakness versus weakness. And this is probably the most intriguing matchup in the first round. I think you would agree with me when I say this. It's a must-win game one for the Cincinnati Reds. And the reason I do say that is because the Reds, yes, Bauer, Castillo, Sonny Gray, the Atlanta Braves, they're short on pitching right now. Soroka out for the year. Cole Hamels out for the year. They really only have Max Freed. I believe they have the rookie Ian Anderson. Yeah, they're they're starting a couple rookies in games two and three. Yes, and he's been... A bright spot for the Braves' rotation this year. They have 18 combined starts in games two and three in their careers. Insane. In their career. Insane. And going back to what I was saying about the Reds needing, having to win game one. Say they do win game one. You're in the driver's seat. Yes. The Braves have to rely on a rookie who pitched in a 60-game regular season. And what you just said. Ronald Acuna, Freddie Freeman, they have one of the better, if not the best lineup in baseball this year. Marcelo Zuna almost won the Triple Crown. Insane. And no, no one knows that. Insane. No one knows that. The power that that dude has, so underrated. Dansby Swanson had the best regular season of his MLB career. Yes. He was, I think, maybe third or fourth in the National League in war. Yes. Behind, like, Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts. Um, Adam Duvall hit 16 home runs in 60 games. I mean, it's just a embarrassment of riches in that lineup. And so part of me says, all right, all, you don't even have to – you don't even have to have all that starting pitching. You just got to score more runs than the other team. But when you're going up against Trevor Bauer, Luis Castillo, Sonny Gray, that could be a problem. And I want to touch on the Reds' offense real quick because a lot of people kind of take a dump on it. Because, Actually, real quick, yeah. you may have mentioned this already, but on ESPN it has the Reds going with Luis Castillo for game one. Did you know that? It has Luis Castillo well, for game one. That's a typo because it is it is Bauer. It is Bauer. Yeah, it is Bauer. Okay, it yeah. says Luis Castillo versus undecided. That that might be game two, I think. That's okay. got to be game two. You know what? It is game okay, two. Right. I apologize. No, I moved good. way no, down good. the list. No, you're good. Forget you're good. what I absolutely said. I was I was even, yeah. what are they doing? Because all right, the Reds had, I think, maybe the third worst batting average for a playoff team ever. Which they hit 211 as a team, which is just dreadful. But if you go by average velocity off of balls put in play, they should have hit around 245 or something like that. So they hit the ball hard. It just went right to people, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And so a lot of That's bat- Cincinnati Reds. Luck. I know, I know. They're, I think they had like the worst uh, average on, uh, worst batting average on balls in play like in the last like 60 years or something like that. And like they weren't necessarily hitting the ball that soft. It was just, you know, a lot of bad luck went into it. So like I don't necessarily feel that bad about the Reds offense. The problem I have with the Reds offense is that they rely way too much on home runs. 60% of the runs comes on home runs. And in the postseason when runs can come few and far between, I think that could spell a problem for the Reds. Yeah, and I was reading, I should have sent it to you, I was reading a, MLB, it was it was an ESPN article previewing each team for the playoffs. And it talked about how one of the downfalls for the Padres could be because they rely so much on the home run yeah. ball. And like you said, in the playoffs, it, it, it's You've got to manufacture runs yes, any way you can. Yes, you cannot rely on the big bombs to get you out of the situations because the, the pitching in the postseason, it steps up. Yeah. It's like basketball. Players just play harder, and obviously, it's the postseason. Yeah. There's a big difference between the regular season and the postseason. And I love small ball, and I watched enough Reds baseball this year to pull my hair out because they get runners. You on, if you get a runner, I'm telling you, Tori, yeah. bunting in baseball is going to be out of the game in five years. Bring back the bunt. Bring it back. For- Especially, it, it drove me crazy in these um, in these extra inning games when you have a runner on second and no outs. In my opinion, if you have a runner on second and no outs, that has to be a run like 90% of the time. Get the runner over to third with an out and then get use another out to get him in. It's not that hard. Baseball's may, not that it, hard. It may have to do with the metrics, a little money ball, 
telling the GMs and the coaches that bunting is technically no longer effective. And that, it just hurts. It, it, it hurts my soul so much because runner on second, nobody out, and you're really going to take the chance of him getting a single when you can just place one yes. down the first baseline or third baseline and move the runner over to third? I also hate the shift. And so hate it. I hate the shift so much. And so, like, all you would have to do, like, I don't know why guys you know what don't it is? bunt towards you know the third what it baseline. Is? It's, it's Mike D'Antoni basketball going by the numbers. Don't take mid-range shots because technically, according to those terrible numbers, they are ineffective. And they don't help out anybody. So, it's just, it's awful. I want the bunt to come back. And then if you get the shift going where guys are trying to hit it up the middle. And yes, it helps when, because a lot of guys are hitting it up the middle. But, oh my gosh. Guys will be, everybody will be on the right side. And you basically have shortstop and third base open. And it's like, you think that's good for defense. Yes, all right, so what final prediction? Uh, what do you think on the Reds and Braves? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Braves in three. The Reds have been one of the hottest teams to end the season. Eleven really. of the last fourteen. And, and when you take into consideration, you have Bauer and Castillo and and Sonny Gray. One of those guys have to has to come up with. Yeah, I, I'm gonna take my chances on Bauer. Yeah, I can definitely see the Reds. Taking game one and knowing that this is a must-win game. Game two, Luis Castillo, not a lot of playoff experience. And I was reading the, some of the numbers on him. He scares me going up against the Braves. He has one of the best swing and miss percentages on his fastball, yet opponents are still hitting over 300. Yeah. And I'm going to take the lineup when I see that. Yeah, he has good stuff, but he's not unhittable. Yeah. And Sonny Gray can also have, have a I can see Sonny Gray uh, yeah. a really close game three. Maybe Sonny Gray goes six innings, gives up two runs, something like that. Sonny Gray, as great as he is, he tends to not go deep in games. And so that makes you, if you get to that game three, rely on the Reds' bullpen, which, to be fair, has been better of late, but I still don't Sonny trust Sonny Gray it. may come down to be the key in that series. Yeah, I agree. I'll, I'm going to go Reds in three. But it wouldn't surprise you have me. To. It, you have to. It wouldn't surprise me a bit if the Braves put up like twenty five runs in the first two games and they just move on. And everyone can say that oh the Reds they never make the playoffs and they're a terrible franchise if they lose. Can we talk about if the Atlanta Braves are out in the first round? What are we doing? Yes, they won a World Series in the nineties, but do you know how? many times they were competitive and how many times they were so close at a World Series and was unable to do it. And last year, choking against the Cardinals, the Braves franchise needs to be put on check. Amazingly, they've been in the playoffs 19 in the last 30 years, but they haven't even won a playoff series since 2001. All right, going on to the number three versus six real quick, uh, the Cubs versus Marlins. Um, I really like the Marlins starting pitching. And I'm I don't I'm not a huge fan of the Cubs roster as a whole because they have this key core of guys that got done 2016, but since then they just haven't really gotten it done. Yeah, that's what it's really going to come down to if if Baez and Bryant and Rizzo can do what they did in that amazing Chicago Cubs World Series run. And I don't know if we've ever talked about this. And I've obviously you don't like the Cubs. I don't like the Cubs either because my dad's a Pirates fan and. If you're a fan of anybody in the NL Central, you have to hate the Cubs. It's like if you're a fan of anybody in the AL East or really if you're a fan of baseball, you hate the New York Yankees. Yeah. But seeing the Cubs break the curse was pretty special. Yeah. But they I was for it. But I don't want them to win another world. I already saw it. I can die and, yeah. and they don't have to win another World Series. But Baez, Rizzo, and Bryant it feels like they really haven't been themselves since 2016. I mean, Chris Bryant, MVP caliber player. Javi Baez has been probably better yeah. out of all three of them. Yeah. The most consistent one. And, and and Chris Bryant hasn't had that, that, that moment where you're like, okay, this is one of the best players in baseball. Not since that 2016 season. They have huge names in their lineup, but they really don't score that many runs. 
And I'm going to pick the Cubs in the series because, one, I'd still – I mean, I know the Marlins it's, are in the playoffs. It's the Marlins. Yeah. It's the Marlins. However, they have never made the playoffs and not won the World Series. So there's that going yes, for them. 1997, made the playoffs, beat the Indians, yep. and then they didn't make it, I believe, until 2003. Yep. They won the, World, won the World, Series. World Series. And so I like – If they win the first round, I, I, I'm jumping on the bandwagon. It's, it's going to get frisky, but <laughs> – I like the Cubs one-two punch of Kyle Hendricks and you Darvish. Darvish. That's, that's why I think I'm going to pick them the, the thing that scares me about you Darvish is when he was in L.A., especially in that series against the Houston Astros, he really struggled in big games. That game seven, he was just flat out not good. Aaron Judge with the two-run homer off of Shane Bieber to take a 2 nothing lead in that series. Um so, we, my heart. do we both have Cubs in this one? Yes, but I'm going to say I, I'm going to say the Cubs take it in two, but I just want to give credit where credit is due. The Miami Marlins, yep. when they were in it, they didn't just say, listen, this is not our time yet. We're not going to go for yeah. it. They understand that they are in the game of baseball. They went and got a big-time player from the Diamondbacks in Starling Marte, and they went for it. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then the 4-5 matchup in the National League is um, the Padres and the Cardinals. As a Reds fan, I was looking at it, and I said, I would much rather play, I think, the Braves than the Padres. The Padres are so dangerous to me. Um, they don't necessarily have the great starting pitching. I know Lamette is pretty good for them, and but I mean, Mike Clevenger is hurt. But just the tandem of... Fernando Tatis and Manny Machado and those other guys making plays, they scare me a lot. And the Cardinals, to me, are just a very average team, in my opinion. It's got to be a top-five lineup in the majors when you're yeah. talking about what the Padres can do in the box. Like you said, Fernando Tatis Jr., honestly, though, of all the hype that is around that shortstop, he had a dreadful September. I believe he only batted 202 to finish the the season in that month of September. But still, we know what he can do because what he showed in August and to begin the season in July. Manny Machado, they made a big move going after Mitch Moreland, who was arguably the best hitter for the Red Sox before he got traded. You have a World Series champion, Eric Hosmer. He had a great start of the year. Yeah, and this Padres lineup, even though they are amazing, they rely a lot on the home run yeah. ball, and even though the Cardinals are an average team, it's Stop the same. It. It's the St. Louis Stop Cardinals. It. It's Stop the St. It. Louis Cardinals. Come on, what are we doing? I I'm taking I'm taking the Cardinals in three games. I like Jack Flaherty. He's been. I mean, I don't like him, but he's a good pitcher. I believe he's been in good. Adam Wainwright. Adam Wainwright is going to get the job. You done. say that Adam Wainwright has had a decent year, but during their their stretch run, it, he pitched big games and he lost all of them. And so, you know, he's only throwing like 90 and big hook curveballs up there. I, I think Fernando Tatis just I has believe, a field I, day with I that. Believe, I believe in him. Like I said, I love the Padres. I'm just going to take the Cardinals because of that history and because the Padres rely so much on that home run ball. And, I, you know, I don't know whether experience helps or not anymore when you talk about really any sport. Because you see, guys, you see even us, we'll talk about, oh, I think this team's going to win because they have more experienced players. But we see rookies and yeah. two-year players all the time it's, just ball out. It, it's different now, you know? I mean, you got guys our age you out have, there making I think, I think MVP it comes runs. Down, absolutely. I think it comes down to you have to have the right experienced player. Yeah. Clayton Kershaw is experienced. <laughs> I'm not going to take him yeah. in Game 7. Yeah. When you have an experienced player like Madison Bumgarner, who's had success in the postseason, that's different. Yeah. All right, so moving on to the American League, the number one Tampa Bay Rays are playing the number eight uh, Buffalo Blue Jays. And <laughs> kind of weird to say, but... Did you like their stadium that they played in? It looked like a minor league stadium. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I mean, it was. It, it, was. it was. It was the Buffalo... Uh, it was their AAA team. I know that. And um, it was so weird because when you would watch a game and someone would hit a home run to left field, yeah. the highway was right behind it. Yeah. I felt like I was playing in a minor league system or a, a minor league... On a excuse me, on a minor league stadium in MLB the show. MLB the show, yeah. Um, so I'll admit something, Matthew. 
I feel like I'm a pretty knowledgeable baseball guy. I would say you're pretty knowledgeable. Especially for the average person. I would person. say you know the game pretty well. Um, And yet, the Tampa Bay Rays are the number one team in the American League. and But you don't know a single guy on the team. I can name their starting rotation because it is it is really good. I can name their one, two, three. But, man, I, I can barely name you. A position player. I mean, I know they got a you know a little chow guy or whatever at first. Um, Brandon Lowe, I hear is good. I couldn't p- pick him out of a lineup. Um, Willie Adamas. Sure. Uh, do they still have Kevin? Can, can I tell you? Can I tell you something? I think it's pretty cool. So do they still have Evan Longoria? They still have Kevin Kiermaier. No, Evan Longoria. <laughs> He's for the Giants, ain't he? He, he left in 1999. Yeah. Is, Carla, is Carlos Pena still playing for the Rays? No. He, Carl Crawford, uh, even. Uh, no, no, all those guys <laughs> okay. are, are gone. Yeah. That was the team that made it to the World uh, Series. Yeah. This is a very new team. That is arguably just as impressive, just not many well-known players. Yeah. Hence, you don't know anybody. Uh, Blake Snell, I know, is good. Um, Tyler Glasnow is nasty. And, and Charlie then, Morton is a big Morton. game pitcher. Yeah, okay. and so their 1-2-3 is really good. So I can see why they are the number one team in the American League. But then again, like, you know, I know they've won. I just don't know if I can trust Brandon Lowe to be the best player on no, that's, that's, a pennant that's winning team. That's understandable. And we've seen that from not just teams like the Rays, We've seen it from the Oakland Athletics where, where they'll have great regular seasons, but they don't have the superstar players to really get you over the hump and win you those titles to get you into those World Series games. And I, and what I was saying earlier, I, I want to tell you, I think it's a cool story, but Joey Wendell, he's been yeah. the second baseman, the third baseman for the Tampa Bay Rays. This is a guy who I'm pretty sure was in the minor leagues for a while, and he was with the Nashville Sounds for a long time. And I believe one season he led the league in hits in, in the entire, for the entire minor league year. Is that the AAA for the athletics? Yeah, or not anymore. It's for the Rangers now. Okay, all right. But Joey Wendell, it's just so funny seeing him in so many Nashville Sounds games yeah. and so many minor league games. When you looked at him, he's not a standout player. He's just a guy who... He'll get the job done. He doesn't hit home runs. He's an up-the-middle guy. But to see what he's been doing yeah. for the Tampa Bay Rays, I think it's just one of the coolest things ever. Yeah, and the Toronto Blue Jays, I believe, are the first team in like 100 years to make the playoffs without a guy with Who are the Toronto years. Blue Jays? The Buffalo there Blue we Jays, go. This is This is 2020. Yes. This, is a, this is a different year. But yeah, they don't have a single guy on the team with uh, 10 years of playoff experience. And so... Hunjin Ryu is a really good starter, but after that, it just doesn't go very far. Um, you know, Bo Bichette and Vlad Jr. are exciting, but other than that, I think I got the Rays in two. Well, right now, people that are going to listen to this, they will already know the result. We're obviously doing this on a Tuesday afternoon. It is 628 to be yes. exact in Bowling Green. Kentucky and right now the Rays and Blue Jays are in game one the Rays are winning one to nothing in the bottom of the seventh the Blue Jays didn't go with Hunjin Roo for game one oh. they went with Matt Shoemaker oh well it seems like it's pretty one good to nothing yeah so with that being said if the Blue Jays can steal a game one yeah. And get Hunjin Roo for game two. That's that, that's that's scary. The Blue Jays yeah. may pull off one of the biggest upsets of the postseason. Honestly, this year. that is a really scary thing for the Rays. Like the fact that all right, you gotta win game one or you have Hunjin Ryu waiting. And, and on it you. would be more of a shame because Blake Snell is absolutely dealing. Yeah. Five and two thirds innings pitch. He's only allowed one hit. He has nine strikeouts. Yeah. So Knowing what we know, though, I'm going Rays in two, I think, still. Yeah, I'm going to say the Rays hold on to this yeah. one and find a way. Yeah, they're. Yeah. All right, so moving on to the 2 7 matchup the Oakland Athletics and the Chicago White Sox. Um, at the time of this recording, the White Sox already beat the Athletics. What was it, 4 to 1, maybe? Was yes. That, was that the score? Four, yes. Yep, yeah, 4 to 1. Um, Lucas Giolito dealt, um, and then Jose Abreu with a big homer. So. I think even before seeing this game one win, I was going to go with the White Sox just because, you know, I think this Billy Bean ball, and he's even said it himself, 
with like the Rays and the Athletics. It can win you regular season games, but it just doesn't it really shows work it in the movie. It don't work in October, man. It just kind of doesn't. And it's a shame because on Red Zone the other night, this was my World Series pick. Yeah. <laughs> and it has a lot to do with I love the Oakland A's. And obviously, there's some bias there. Why I picked them to win, though, knowing that they just never have the pieces to get to a World Series, I don't know why. You're going to have to tell me the next time that we ever do, well, this is our last year together. Anyway, if I'm ever picking a postseason bracket to win money or something like that, tell me. Even if if I haven't texted you, just randomly text me out of the blue and say, Matthew... The Don't Oakland pick the A's Don't are do not it. going to do it this Don't year. Do, it. do not pick them to win. And be, getting beat 4-1 to one today by the White Sox, they're in trouble. Yes, they don't have to face Lucas Giolito anymore, who was absolutely masterful. I'm pretty sure he had a perfect game through six yep. innings this afternoon. And Jose Abreu, that dude, I've been wanting him off the Chicago White Sox for a long time because he's one of arguably the best first basemen in Major League Baseball. And it's so good to see that he can finally get to the postseason and perform like I know he can. And it's not like he gets a whole lot easier tomorrow with Dallas Cockle, who's been really good this year. No. If the A's had Matt Chapman, you know, I might I might have thrown him a pick, but I just I don't really see it happening with and, and, and the A's, they have a good lineup. They got yeah. Tommy Lastella batting leadoff, Marcus Simeon, who finished third in the MVP vote last year, Matt Olson, Mark Canna. You go down the list, Ramon Laureano, who's mainly known for his fielding, but he can swing the bat Yeah, sometimes. I mean, they have a good team, but the White Sox have just a dangerous combination of talent and youth, and I just I just see them pulling out. Also, they have the nastiest pitcher, um, one of the nastiest pitchers in the game, closing out in the back end. That's uh, Cole May. Yeah. Cole May, something like that. So, um, so yeah, I'm Alex Cole May. Yeah, I'm going to go uh, White Sox in two, I think. I'm going to stick with my A's pick. I'll stick with the A's. Yeah, They're going to come back. back. All right. Um, down to the 3-6 matchup, and this is the Twins and the Astros. Um, at the time of this recording as well, the— America lost today. Yeah, America lost. Uh, they pulled out a graphic today for the Astros showing their batting averages in 2017 versus this year, and life hits you fast when you don't get the bang on trash cans for the Astros. Yeah, it's pretty easy to hit a baseball when you know a fastball on the outside part of the plate's coming or you, when you're get, in, or you get into a 2-1 count. Most people would be thinking a fastball is coming, but you know that a slider's coming. Yeah, and, you know, hitting a baseball is hard, but it gets a whole lot easier when you know it's coming. And so Jose Altuve hitting 216 uh, without a buzzer on his chest uh, kind of made me happy, but... They pulled out game one versus the Twins. Um, they beat uh, Kenta Maeda. And, well, I mean, they didn't beat who's him. Had they, a, who's had a great season. They scored three runs off Sergio Romo. And if you had told me the Twins were throwing Sergio Romo in the eighth inning of a 2020 playoff game, I will tell you, you're probably not in a good spot because he might have been good in 2014, but I don't well, know Well, after you thinking that Evan Longoria and Carl Crawford still played for the Tampa Bay yeah. Rays, I would have thought that you would have said something like, I thought Sergio Romo still plays for the Giants. Well, I mean, like, I saw him. Uh, he pitched against the Reds this past weekend, so I did know that he was – and he also blew the game versus the Reds as well. So, I mean, like, again, like, if you're throwing Sergio Romo in the eighth inning, I'm just not sure you're getting it done. The Twins going into last weekend versus the Reds were 23-5 and at home. They proceeded to lose two out of three to the Reds. The Reds were the only team this season to win a series at Target Field. And so maybe you're thinking, all right, maybe it's just the Reds are hot. Well, the Twins just lost their 17 straight postseason games. So, you know, before the series, I might have I was going to pick the Twins, but things aren't looking they good. They have are starting to become one of the most chokiest franchises in Major League Baseball. 17 straight postseason losses, and you're supposed to be the three seed. I know the Houston Astros. Let's be honest, they did cheat. Jose Altuve is still a great hitter. Carlos Correa, still a great hitter. Alex Bregman, still a great hitter. This Houston Astros lineup is nothing to joke about. Like I said, yes, they cheat, but they can still hit the ball pretty well. And, man, they're in the driver's seat. Up one to nothing on the Twins. and Yeah, and um, 
for some reason, okay, all right, now I see it. Um, game two, uh, the Astros still hasn't named named a game two starter, but they'll be going up against Jose Barrios. I, I like think Jose it Barrios may a lot. be Lance McCullers. Okay, um, I think I'm still gonna go uh, Twins in three. Just but because. can you imagine if they had Verlander? Verlander would yeah. be going today, and then Grinky. That's a pretty good one-two punch. Yeah, it still would have been tough. And I mean, even though you know they don't get the bang on trash cans anymore, the lineup is still tough. I mean, the guys are still there. Um, but I think it's just the kind of the beginning, of the end for Astros. Uh, George Springer's a free agent into this year. It just doesn't surprise me if I start to see guys leave that organization just with all the stuff they've went through. Well, you usually don't see an organization like that unless you're the Yankees, Red Sox, or Cubs yeah. with all the money. Be able to keep all those guys. All those core They're guys. They're just going to be yeah. – it's what happened to the Kansas City Royals. They had a great run, but – all those guys that they drafted, they hit free agency at the same time. And the Kansas City Royals, sure enough, do not have the money to keep everyone. Yeah, and the thing is, if you're a small market team like that, and like the Astros, I mean, they're still a pretty big market team, but at the same time, um, your window is small. And you got to hit it at the right time until, you know, like you said, those guys hit free agency. So The question is, is who are you keeping out of – if you have to choose between Springer, Altuve, they can probably keep two guys. Max out on two guys, but the other guys have to go. I'd probably go Altuve and Bregman. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think that's I think that's Altuve's won an MVP, and Bregman's been pretty close. Yeah. Um, so, I, got, I still got Twins and three. What do you think? I'm going to stick with Twins and three. Yeah. And it has everything to do with, I don't want to see the Astros yes, win. Yes, absolutely. Um, so, moving on to... My probably most intriguing round one matchup, uh, Darth Vader versus the Imperial, no, not the Imperial Force, but the Rebel Force, the Cleveland Indians. The um, Empire. Yes, the Empire versus the Rebels. Darth Vader, Kylo Ren. The New the York Am- Yankees versus the Cleveland Indians. Yeah. Um, this game's going underway, so by the time you hear this, um, it will already been over. But going into this one, Shane Bieber versus Garrett Cole was the matchup of the postseason, probably. I mean, Garrett Cole, going into this year, was the best pitcher on the planet. This season, Shane Bieber's been the best pitcher on the planet. And the Yankees got up on Shane Bieber real quick. DJ LeMahieu got on base, and then Aaron Judge hit two-run homer, and it's 2 nothing before you can even blink. So, you know, that might not turn out to what we thought it would be, but still a really intriguing matchup between two teams. Yeah, and the way Garrett Cole pitches in the postseason, two runs. Might be enough. Absolutely. The Yankees, even though this past decade was the first decade in Yankees franchise history that the team did not play in a World Series, the Yankees still, they have shown, they almost made it, what, a year ago? A year ago. Yes, I, I apologize. Wasn't thinking straight. They made it a year ago. They were one game away. Who did they? Jose who? Altuve hit the home run. They were one game away. Yes, they were one game from away. From making it to yeah. the World Series And then, last uh, year. not the year before that, but in 2017, uh, they took the Astros to six games, I think, in a pretty tough series. Yeah, so. they can still win postseason games. It's just a matter of getting to the championship yep. series. And I see them beating the Indians in three games. And Garrett Cole, one inning, had two strikeouts. He's a man on a mission. He's he's going to get it done tonight. In theory, the Yankees and the Dodgers should be heads and, head and shoulders above everyone else in the MLB. Well, you take a look at their lineup that they're rolling out tonight. You have oh, DJ LeMahieu, who ridiculous. is the first hitter in Major League history to win a batting title in both the National League and American League because he led the American League in batting average this year. You have Aaron Judge, Aaron Hicks, Luke Voigt, and you're probably thinking, Matthew, really, Aaron Hicks, the short porch. He's a lefty. Yeah. Aaron Hicks can go off. And Luke Voigt, who is just a an animal. A Michelin man. They who really hits are bombs. the Bronx bombers. Yeah. And then I mean Stanton hitting fifth, your seller. Gio Urshela, Glaber. If you have Glaber Torres hitting seven. who on any other lineup would be batting in one of the top four spots, you have one of the best lineups in Major League Baseball. I am shocked that they really did only go 33-27. and 27, And I actually have them going all the way to the American League Championship Series. Is, um, is Gary Sanchez hurt? Gary Sanchez He's not in the lineup. might have been scratched because 
He is a liability at catcher. Yeah. He's not a great well, fielding catcher. And his average, Gary Sanchez, in my opinion, overrated. Yeah, he's not, I mean, he hits bombs, but he's not the great he catcher. He gets a lot of highlights because yeah. he's on the Yankees. Yeah. Um, so, but the Yankees have been so up and down. And a lot of that has been injuries. And it's, I think it's clear now that you can't count. <laughs> I mean, it, it was. Like, I don't just, care. Just be that's, honest. That's been their just, excuse. Just be honest. That's been their excuse for. Fifty years. If, now, if we're being honest, they well, went, they're back now. They they're went, they now, went through August without Aaron Judge and John Carl Stanton. And my, as I was saying, before you went all Red Sox. On first us. of all, first of all, 2018, they were all good to go. They lost in the first round last year. All good to go. Didn't make the World Series. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear. It. They can get hurt in the regular season if they're there for the postseason. That's all that matters. You're right, but I mean, at the same time, they don't have James Paxton. They don't have. Luis Severino, and they went through all of August without um, Judge and Stanton, but they're here now. And, you, you know, I think it's clear that Judge and Stanton can't stay healthy for a 162-game season, but they don't have to now. All they have to do is play a month, and that's all you got to have. And Aaron Judge is back to, you know, all rise. And uh, I think a lot of people <laughs> – All rise. I think a lot of people are discounting the Yankees because of their up and down. But, I mean, like I said, they their roster alone – Probably is the second most talented in the MLB, and I think I'll have the Yankees go in the World Series. I can definitely see it. Yeah, I. If you get Garrett Cole the way he's pitching, Masahiro Tanaka, who is a great pitcher, yep. Masahiro Tanaka is really underrated, and the that's really the they have a one-two punch with Cole and Tanaka. After that, gotta find you just one gotta more. hope and pray. They have Montgomery. Uh, yeah, they have J.A. They Happ. Have who they got two years ago, and he was supposed to be that number four guy who was really consistent. Yeah. He, he was doing pretty good with the Blue Jays. Imagine if they hadn't let go of Sonny Gray. Well, and I don't which, think Sonny Gray would be pitching yeah. this well in, admittedly, if he was still with the Yankees. Admittedly, it did not go well in New York for the Sonny big, Gray. The big market is not for Sonny Gray. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, I have – and, like, we didn't really talk about the Indians a whole lot. They have uh, Jose Ramirez, who – probably just won himself an AL MVP after just a disastrous 2019 season. That looks like it's long gone. And, you know, Lindor didn't hit that great, but, you know, he's still Francisco Lindor. The outfield for just for them is just absolutely awful, and they just don't get any production out of that. As much as I love their starting pitching, I mean, Bieber, Carrasco, and, um, and Zach Plesak, I mean, imagine if you still had, like, you know, Corey Kluber and Trevor Bauer to this rotation, it'd be insane. You know who the Cleveland Indians are about to become? The New York They're, Mets. The New York Mets, yep. They're going to have all these great pitchers, but this is the last hurrah for the Cleveland Indians. If they can't go far, if they can't at least make it to the American League Championship Series, I think if they don't make it to the World Series, Francisco Lindor, who I'm pretty sure is a free agent after this year, He's going to be gone. You never know about Jose Ramirez. And the Cleveland Indians gave you a little bit of a teaser for this kind of rebuild mode by trading away Mike Clevenger. Yeah. Mike Clevenger, when you're in a playoff race, this is not a guy who you trade away, yeah. especially with no more Corey Kluber in the rotation. Yeah. Um, so, at the end of the day, I think I'm going to go Yankees in two. And is that are you saying Yankees and three? Yankees and three. All right. So we went through all the playoff series. Now just like you know playoffs as a whole. I think the Dodgers are very clearly clearly the best team uh, in it. But you know it's baseball, and so how do you see the National League planning out? If the Dodgers, if the Dodgers do not win the World Series, Dave Roberts needs to be fired. I agree. With He's that. had way too many chances, especially if they find a way to not make it to at least the championship series he's got to be gone and if i'm being brutally honest he's made a lot of blunders in these postseason games oh, yeah. he, he deserves a lot of the blame as well yes if they don't get this done yeah some of the moves that he's made i believe going back to the 2018 world series there was a moment where the dodgers who were down two games to one they had a lead and he brings in clayton kershaw yeah. in the seventh inning Later gave up the lead. He did the same thing last year versus the Nationals. Game five, he brought in Clayton Kershaw. I think at this And I know what Dave Roberts is thinking. Man, I just want to get Clayton Kershaw over the hump. Your job, though, Dave Roberts, is to not pat your players yeah. on the back. Your job, you get paid. Magic Johnson 
pays you to win games. And to be fair, in my opinion, I think it's actually worse for Clayton Kershaw to bring him in that situation because I think he can only fail. Because and he knows. Yeah, he has that. He's got to have that in the back that, of his mind. I I remember now how bad that made me. They brought him in just because that was so unfair to Clayton Kershaw because you set him up for that failure. And I know at some point Clayton Kershaw has to get it done, but that's not the moment right there. Yeah, and Clayton Kershaw. Yes, he's saying I want to get over this hump. Give me the ball. But like I just said, any pitcher. With, wants the ball. Yeah, any pitcher wants the ball, yeah. but any pitcher that has gone through what he's gone through, it has to be in the back of his mind. Man, if I give up a run here, here we go. Oh, yeah, man. absolutely. Um, but the Dodgers, they just look head over heels better than every single team. Yeah. You look at the Braves, they have a better rotation, and the lineup is right with them even better, yeah. you could argue. The Dodgers lineup probably is better. Um, I think if... I think the winner of the Reds-Braves goes on to meet the Dodgers eventually because I just don't see the Cubs or the Marlins beating either the Reds or the Braves. Um, I don't like the Especially if you get Trevor Bauer and those guys with really good outings to start the postseason to give them confidence. Yeah, because you're going to if the Reds make it on to the next round, you're going to get two Trevor Bauer starts. He's already said, pitch me on three days rest. I'm good to go. So you're going to get him in game one and game yeah, five. Yeah, Trevor Bauer. You got him. Oh, he's him. he's a gamer, man. He is an absolute gamer. He's a free agent after this year, correct? He is, yeah. Oh, man. I, I hate to say this. So any after what he did this season, he's gonna get a lot of money. So yeah. as crazy as it sounds, like I know, the Reds are underdogs because, you know, they're a small market team, and it's hard to just shell out all this money. You're still paying Joey you know Votto Bauer, like $30 million. Bauer seems to really love Cincinnati. Well, here's the thing. So the Reds have really invested in like their analytics department. is pitching especially. They they hired the director of driveline baseball. That's a guy that um, Trevor Bauer works a lot with, and I think that matters to Trevor Bauer. Um, he really values winning, and I think if the Reds show him you have a chance to win here, Bauer already said he'll sign a one-year deal. I don't, th- I don't think Bauer is – normal in the fact that just give me my money I want security I think Bauer's just a gamer that wants to win and so I think the Reds still have a chance to sign him you know I don't think it's a huge chance but there's still it's still a possibility they can sign him to a pretty big contract because they don't really have any other players I believe that are going into free agency at least not big time players and Luis Castillo and Sonny Gray those are guys that you don't have to pay big bucks to well, keep them on the team. After they traded for Sonny Gray, they gave him a, a good extension, I think like six years and a pretty um, you know, pretty uh, reasonable contract. Eugenio Suarez is under a good contract. You know, you just got Akiyama. Castellanos, he can opt out after year one. So that I think that's, that might be someone who might leave. But, you know, I, I don't think it'd be dumb if, you say, the Reds offered you a know, one-year $30 million, Trevor Bauer tried to get him to stick around. Yeah. But – Anyway, I think, you know, I think the Reds and Braves are more talented than any of, you know, Cubs, Cardinals. So, I think it just comes down to Dodgers versus whoever. And I still think the Dodgers get that done in the end. Definitely. Um, and then in the American League, you know, like I was saying earlier, I just don't think the Rays have what it takes to get it done in the American League. And I think whoever comes out of that bottom half, whether it is the Yankees or the um, – or the White Sox, or maybe the Twins. I think that I think that's who you're looking at in the American League. Going back, we said this earlier. The Tampa Bay Rays, a great season, but they're kind of like the Oakland A's, and we have seen that if you really don't have superstar caliber players, that it's not going to be most likely a positive outcome for you when you're talking about a World Series title. The Tampa Bay Rays, though, in that year that they made the World Series, I I think I said this earlier, too. They had Evan Longoria. They had Carl Crawford. Those are guys who were well-known. They made all-star games. I'm pretty sure on this Rays lineup, none of those guys made the all-star team last year. Maybe Brandon Lowe. But other than that, nobody. But I definitely agree with you that I— I can see the Rays maybe making it to the next round, but if they have to play a team, they would play the New York Yankees. Yeah. And, and I see the Yankees winning. I just got the it. Yankees in that. And um, so I think they handicap it. But it could be beneficial to them because they've seen the Yankees a lot this year. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, you know, they still have a chance. I just think that 
I don't think you can win a World Series without, you know, a couple dudes in your lineup. Um, so the handicap, I think me and you probably would both pick the Dodgers to win it. But because I think they're clearly the most talented team in baseball. But, you know, it's baseball and things happen. And if they don't win, it'll just be a disappointment. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I, I can't imagine if they lose. Yeah. The the memes that will be on Twitter, all the jokes surrounding the Los Angeles Dodgers, but they're going to be even more, they're going to be competitive next year. Their time is running out though, because they have, what helps them is they have money, Yeah. but Corey Seager and some of those guys, they got to be gone here soon. I think Seager is going to be gone. I think he's a free agent after this year. I think he's going to be gone, but Cody Bellinger, I actually saw this stat. He, in the postseason, is batting under 200. Yeah, and Cody he's Bellinger, to be yeah, there. He, he's not a prototypical, you know, clutch guy. Um, so that about wraps it up here. Um, all I know is either way, um, you know, Reds win or lose, there's going to be a lot of good postseason baseball. I'm going to miss the nervous energy of a crowd, but uh, either way, it should be a, a really fantastic postseason. Definitely, and hopefully we will have another podcast. Yeah when the first round's over with, we're going to talk about the second round. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so uh, for your hosts, Tori Bowling and Matthew Hargrove, um, that's been it for this Red Zone edition of the Baseball Podcast.